Hello and welcome to the second Diocese of Lansing uh, podcast. My name is David Kerr. I'm Director of Communications here at the Diocese of Lansing in uh, Michigan. Uh, we started this podcast series uh, all of 24 hours ago in order to try and bring you uh, news and information and hopefully some inspiration amid these days of uncertainty surrounded the uh, COVID-19 coronavirus uh, uh, outbreak uh, in the United States and uh, around the globe. The reaction to the first podcast uh, seemed to be good. It seemed to be positive. Many of you found it uh, useful. Um, uh, we had uh, 2.2 thousand views on Facebook and 400 on YouTube. And, and so, so long as you find it useful, then we'll continue to do this uh, during these uh, days uh, in order to bring a bit of uh, light and clarity and hope and warmth of the good Lord and his holy church. Um, at uh, these difficult uh, times. Obviously, the um, one of the most affected uh, constituencies of uh, across the, the state of Michigan and beyond has been the uh, school community. I know that many of you will be uh, parents who have uh, your children at home with you now during the week as the schools in Michigan are no longer uh, in session. Um, and I'm happy to say that we are joined uh, this morning by uh, Tom Maloney, who's a superintendent for Catholic schools here in the Diocese uh, of Lansing. Just remind us, Tom, how many schools does the Diocese of Lansing have? Yes, good morning, David. Yeah, we have uh, 28 uh, parochial schools, which are um, pre-K through 8th grade parish-based schools, 28 of those. We have four regional high schools, uh, one in Lansing, Jackson, Ann Arbor, and Flint. And then we have four private uh, Catholic schools uh, around the diocese. So 36 uh, schools in all, in all in all, and about um, over 7,000 students uh, that we are uh, educating and informing. Now, I can vouch for the fact you're a busy man at the best of times, but how has your, what's been the story of your week? Yeah, starting last week, uh, it was the uncertainty, trying to uh, stay on top of uh, directives from state government, local government, understanding that in our diocese, which covers 10 counties, we have lots of local governments and lots of local school districts that were all making uh, decisions uh, before the governor put out her executive order. They were all making decisions independent of one another. And so we had schools, some of our schools that were preparing to close before other schools were preparing to close. So yeah, it was a challenge to uh, stay on top of it, but we are so blessed, David, uh, in our diocese. Our principals, uh, the leaders of our school communities, doing just a phenomenal job of communicating with their families and preparing for this unprecedented time. Yeah, well, tell us what, what is happening. The the, the governor uh, dismissed schools <laughs> across the uh, rang the, the the school bell across the state uh, last Thursday. Yeah, it was Thursday at about 11 p.m. at night when that uh, executive order came out. And uh, prior to that time, we were preparing to uh, recommend that our schools close uh, on that Friday and Monday to prepare for what could be an extended uh, closure. But the governor kind of beat us to that, as it were. And so uh, when she made that uh, executive order, uh, we jumped in right away. And of course, uh, we wanted to do our part to, to help with this situation. And so we readily complied with her executive order and prepared to close our schools uh, as of this Monday. I guess the key question, therefore, is how does the education and formation of our children continue when they are not in their school building? Yeah, that's a great question, David, and uh, so blessed that, uh, once again, uh, great uh, leadership from our principals, uh, incredible families 
who are ready to dive into this, uh, you know, unprecedented time and, and this unknown a little bit. And so, yeah, we are continuing uh, to partner with our families. That partnership has taken on a, a truly different look, right? The Catholic Church has always said that the, the parents are the primary educators of their children. Well, that's getting real right now. And so what our schools are doing, a combination of online and distance learning. What does that mean? Well, some of the online platforms, uh, most of the high schools are using Google Classroom, where the teachers have their courses set up online. Uh, the teachers will um, uh, put on that, that platform uh, assignments and materials that the students can log into and see and have an, uh, the ability to interact with the teachers as well. But that's not possible across all grades and at all of our schools. And so some schools uh, are putting together paper packets and uh, they handed those out uh, last Friday and again on, on Monday uh, to parents. So parents are taking home uh, packets where students can continue that education and formation at home. Uh, we're really trying to support uh, the three kind of basic areas, our faith, uh, our families, and our friendships. And so uh, we are encouraging and, and giving resources to our families how to encourage to continue that faith formation at home. There's some great resources of online masses that they can log into and see, um, prayers that we're handing out, and just continuing their journey of their discipleship at home. And in a real way, parents can join in on that. Uh, in terms of the families, we really need to support our parents at this time. They're not used to being the teacher, as it were, uh, uh, of their children on a day-to-day -day basis. Of course, they're always teaching their kids. But um, our teachers are not only giving content to the families, but giving tricks of the trade of how to deliver the content, how to keep uh, these children um, kind of with some order, right? Give them a schedule for the day, number of hours they should be engaged in learning, making sure they're still making time for play and prayer. You know, in this time of social distancing, we want to make sure that we're not doing social, social isolation. So that friendship part is so important as well. So how can uh, our schools continue to, to create those relationships? And so some of our schools are using applications like Zoom, where teachers will have office hours. And so uh, parents and students can log in and see their teacher. Right? Think about that with our beloved young children. They want to see their teachers. They want to make sure their teachers are okay. That's such an important person in their lives in, in the younger years. And so we want to make sure that's available as well. And what's the evidence? Early days, but what's the evidence as to how that is going across the 32 schools in the diocese and the four private schools as well? Yeah, so the evidence, uh, the first couple days of this week were spent ramping up our efforts. And so there was some uh, teacher PD training. Uh, there was some uh, gathering of resources. And, and so teachers What's spent, PD training? Yeah, professional development for okay. our, our teachers. Right, so right, right. Teacher how speak. do you do this, right? Yeah. How do you shift from uh, yeah, a face-to-face -face classroom to an online classroom? I will tell you, David, that last year's Polar Vortex... Uh, where we had, uh, for some of our schools, they were off oh, an entire week in February. That allowed us to kind of jumpstart this effort. So some schools last year engaged in, okay, how do we do this online learning? And so so they, that, that was a dry run, It was a, a very dry, cold dry <laughs> run, right. a dry That's run right. for, for, for this. That's right. Yeah. And so now uh, uh, teachers were spending uh, you know, Friday and Monday preparing lessons and even a little bit yesterday. So today, in earnest, uh, most of our schools are, are diving into that online and distance learning. And so um, the principals, uh, we, we had a, a Zoom meeting with all of our principals on Monday uh, across the diocese where I got to see their faces and hear from them. They were what, very, what were they saying? What were they saying? 
they're saying that their teachers are incredible, that their teachers have jumped in and are really dedicated and committed to figuring out uh, how to make this work. They all said that, you know what, there's a lot of unknowns still, and we got to make sure that we're supporting our families, and that's their desire. And so they're, they're trying to figure out the best way to do that. Um, they all have lessons ready to go for the next couple weeks. Uh, one of the things that happened with the governor's uh, executive order is for this three-week period, uh, it in includes uh, two weeks of instruction and then one week of the spring break. And so, uh, you know, I, I'm very confident that our schools can uh, provide not only content, but instructional resources and uh, tips and uh, tips to our parents to make these next couple weeks successful. But here in the home office, as it were, we're planning for, okay, what happens if this gets extended for a longer time. And so yeah. we want to make sure that we're- What happens if this gets extended, Tom? Yes. Well, then we have to continue to uh, partner with our families, uh, both with content and pedagogy, the house, to continue this education and formation uh, for our children across the diocese. Another great thing that's happening, David, across the diocese is that uh, we're providing food for our families. So in particular, at Lansing Catholic High School and Flint Powers Catholic High School, uh, they are, through their food service programs, they're offering meals to any school-aged children. And that was something that the state is allowing, mm -hmm. uh, that any school-aged children can have a free meal. So our food service programs are preparing those meals, providing times where families can stop by and pick up meals, not yep. just a meal, but a meal for the next couple days mm -hmm. for any of their school-aged children. So we feel really good that we're able to care for our families in that way as well. So that's the school ta school canteen staff. They're preparing the food. Is it takeout only? I'm just thinking of the other directives. It's, it's, that are it's take takeout only. only. That's right. Okay, but that's perhaps family who have relied upon the school for, for, for that sort of support in terms of feeding their children. Yes, God, absolutely. God love them. Yes. And what about parents? Um, you know, the, 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 you know, we're all homeschoolers now, <laughs> uh, to a certain extent, although supported by the schools. What's the evidence? How, how are parents getting on? And, and what's your key advice to parents to, to, to deal with this, I guess, greater responsibility than ever before yeah. for their children's education? Yeah. yeah, it is unprecedented time for many of our, our parents. Uh, and many of our parents are working at home while still trying to manage then educating their, their children at home as well. So uh, my first bit of advice is uh, don't be too hard on yourself. All right? if, if you're not used to this, if this is new to you, uh, you know, give yourself a break. Uh, uh, it's going to be messy at times at home, and, and we know that as parents, right? David, you and I with, with kids at home, it's going to be messy at times. The other thing is to develop routines. Right, we, we know that uh, uh, one of the great things that our schools can provide uh, to the young people is uh, a daily routine and discipline. And so, you know, maybe early on in the break, it's like, hey, these are snow days. Well, we got to get beyond the snow day mentality to uh, putting in place uh, a regular routine, time that uh, the students will uh, look at their materials, be studying and going through that content. Uh, time for prayer as a family would be wonderful. Time for play uh, is important as well. And so to, to you know, post that routine up on the refrigerator aware that, it, that it's visible, to make a, a chart of things to do, stay in communication with the schools. Our, our teachers are there for you. Rely on them. Uh, not just, once again, for the content, but okay, how can I do this? And our teachers know these children. And so each child has uh, a uniqueness 
to him or to And what's the best way for people to communicate with their uh, child's teacher? Is it to, to phone them, to email them, or what's the best way to do that? Yeah, m mostly email. Okay. Uh, and our, our teachers know that they have to be ready and available to, to answer emails, and the, the general protocol is to get back with them within a 24 to 48-hour <clears throat> time frame. And obviously you referenced there not just the um, academics, but also the prayer life as well. Uh, our schools aspire not only to form scholars, but also to form saints. And uh, the lead in that should be taken by the family. The reality is that for many families that is the case, but there are some families who perhaps have outsourced that to some extent, yeah. or maybe even to a large extent, to the parish and to, to the school. And again, boom. It's all in the family now. Um, what advice would you give to mothers and fathers as they now have that very clear, stark, primary responsibility for the formation of their children in the faith? Yeah. Well, as a church, we're so blessed with resources nowadays. First and foremost, rely on the Bible, right? Uh, but there's great resources out there um, to look at uh, the daily readings, right? To go through the daily readings as a family. Uh, the, the phone app, Laudate, uh, has the, the readings, has a rosary app. There's so many rosary apps out there. So uh, to gather your family and pray the rosary daily uh, would be a wonderful thing. So once again, start where you're at. Uh, the, the thing is, our Lord loves us wherever we're at, but he loves us so much he doesn't want to leave us there. So he wants each of us to get on our journey. And so you can do that as a family. And what a beautiful thing that will be, that our families connect with one another, uh, pray together, uh, and, and find those resources, right? Bishop Barron has some great resources out there. Matthew Kelly, uh, the best ad Lent ever now, not Advent, that was uh, yeah. <laughs> the best Lent ever. Uh, and so to use those resources, our teachers are sending out some of those resources uh, to the families to utilize those. And then once again, don't be afraid to ask. Ask for help. Uh, email the teacher. Say, hey, wh what should I be doing uh, on a day-to-day -day basis with my kindergartner? Right? What do you do in your classroom on a day-to-day -day basis? You know, some of our schools, there's rote prayers that the, the young students are still just learning. Great, let's learn those as a family, right? Um, there are uh, the, the books that we have, the textbooks are wonderful for the young people as well to, to follow along in that textbook uh, uh, where they teach scripture, where they teach uh, virtue. Um, you know, our, our sisters, the Mary Mother the Eucharist, Dominican sisters provide great resources on uh, learning the virtues and applying the virtues. So wonderful resources out there. Uh, so start with where, where you're mm -hmm. at as a parent and do it as a family and continue your journey. Yeah, and, the, and the, the Dominican Sisters of Mary Mother Eucharist um, are, are also very attuned to social media and new media and being online, and, uh, and they're a, a, a great asset to, to, to this diocese, yeah, uh, where, thanks be to God, they find their, their home. Um, crystal Ball, Mystic Meg time. How long is this going to go on for? You know, a lot of things point to um, maybe an eight-week uh, th th there's a lot of the restrictions on, um, you know, uh, uh, social distancing, uh, different things in the workplace. So different things coming from the CDC are pointing to maybe an eight-week. But um, we were supposed to have uh, superintendents across the country. There's about 1,500 superintendents who were anxiously ready to be on a call with the CDC yesterday at 1 o'clock. And uh, it, last minute, it got canceled. So. Everyone is uh, dealing with this on a minute-by-minute -minute basis. But I would 
uh, ask our families to start thinking about that real possibility that this could go beyond this uh, initial three-week time period. And so what does that mean? Well, that's the importance of establishing these routines. That's the importance of, of developing that, uh, that home structure that, okay, how is this going to go on? Uh, and so because we can do it. Uh, you know, when we partner together, right, uh, family, school, parish, no, no doubt in a different way than we ever have. But when we partner together, we can do this together. And so let's be prepared for that. And a final question, perhaps. Hmm. Um, you know, and I'm asking this to you as uh, not just an educator, but um, uh, out of the home, but an educator in the home and a father of how many? Four. Father of four, although they're a bit on and up now, aren't they? But you've got a lot of families facing possibly for the first time in their life um, a Sunday without Holy Mass. Um, as a father, how, how do you think families should be approaching this first Sunday without Holy Mass, which for many people is the, is the kind of cornerstone of the weekly family life? Yeah, yeah. You know, David, it is a, a, a new type of fasting that we've never experienced, probably most of us, right? Fasting from the Eucharist. So first of all, I hope it deepens our desire and deepens our yearning to have that ultimate communion with our Lord. But uh, our church also teaches about a spiritual communion, an act of spiritual communion. And so that is probably uh, not familiar to all of our families and, and how we do that. And so once again, I, I think uh, to, to create that order, to create that routine in the home that you know we're going to spend time Sunday morning just as we would going to Mass. We're going to spend time together in prayer. We're going to read uh, the, the readings for the day. We're going to uh, talk about the saying of the day. There's great uh, resources on that. And then there are some prayers, and we actually sent out these prayers yesterday to our principals to get to the families. Uh, there's not one uh, prayer for a spiritual act of spiritual communion, but we gave out one sample that they could use. And so what a beautiful way, once again, to, for parents to talk about um, how they are uh, missing this opportunity to receive the Eucharist, but in a way, it's a, it's another type of fasting that can draw us closer to the Lord, as all fasting is supposed to. And so, I, I'd encourage our families to embrace that, embrace that, especially this first Sunday when we're into this uh, new new time, and embrace that, uh, making an act of spiritual communion together with their family. Is there anything else, Tom, we should be discussing? Anything else we have to communicate or get across to to families or teachers yes, at, at this time? Relationships are so key, and uh, why we believe uh, in our face-to-face -face, uh, educational model in our Catholic schools is because our faith is a relational faith, right? We are formed as relational beings made to, to, for communion with one another. And so I just encourage our families to find those ways, probably, you know, virtually, right, online, but with phones, to stay connected to one another. Uh, as, as parents, right, you're not in this alone. Call your parent friends. Hey, how are you doing this with your children? Stay connected. Uh, connect with your teachers and your school folk. Also find a way that you can keep your children connected with those relationships. Um, you know, our children have grandparents, and we know our grandparents are vulnerable at this time uh, with the, the COVID-19. So how can we reach out to our grandparents in a way that um, doesn't put them at, at further risk, right? Uh, to think about... Uh, those many people in our communities that are on the front lines, uh, healthcare workers, um, uh, police and fire, how can we uh, not physically but virtually uh, reach out to them, find ways to support them, 
Uh, you can do at-home service projects. Maybe it's uh, writing letters. Maybe it's sending cards. Uh, but find ways that we are still being others-focused because at times when we're, we're anxious uh, and we get uh, in that mode of, of being a little fearful, that being other-focused can shake us out of that and, and help us cope with these very unknown, un, you know, unfamiliar situations. So I'd ask families to, to consider that as well. Well, thank you, Tom. And obviously, any endeavor that we uh, embark upon, uh, we begin and we end with uh, uh, prayer. So um, I know we began with prayer before we came uh, on air. Uh, I don't know if you'd like to lead both the students, the teachers, and the families of the Diocese of Lansing and beyond um, in a prayer at this moment, Tom. Absolutely. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Dear Lord, Father of all that is good, you know our minds, our hearts, you know that we are anxious, that we, we are facing the unknown. Dear Lord, give us that fortitude, that courage to start and end with you. We don't know what the future holds, but we know who holds the future, and you do, our Creator. Dear Lord, in, in this time, please be with our families as they embark on this, uh, you know, a, a new journey with, with their children and their families. Help us as a community to come together to support one another. Our mother Mary, she knows better than any of us uh, the anxieties that we're feeling, the fears that we might be uh, struggling with. So we ask uh, our dear mother as we gather up all of our petitions, all of our anxieties, all of our worries, we give them to her and she will fly them to the foot of the cross of her son who, who can best uh, take these off of, of us as a burden as we pray. Hail Mary, Hail Mary full, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Amen. In the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Tom, thank you very much, and thank you very much for uh, joining us. Uh, as I say, we're, we're doing this to communicate with you and hopefully bring you information that you find useful at this uh, difficult uh, time. Uh, if you've got any suggestions as to the things we should be discussing, uh, then drop us a note on uh, Facebook comments or uh, YouTube comments. Uh, this thing's so new, we're still getting registered with uh, Apple, and we'll do an audio version. There'll be some mornings where, believe you me, you'll be better watching the... Uh, you <laughs> we'll be better looking in the audio version than we will be in the video version. And uh, But you let us know uh, what you think we should be discussing. I think tomorrow we'll try and maybe look at... Um, uh, looking at uh, some resources that have been produced here by the Diocese of Lansing for you and your family to help you with uh, Sunday worship uh, in uh, the absence of Holy Mass. Um, and then also we'll look at, uh, possibly on Friday, um, how to live stream Holy Mass from one's parish and, again, how people can prayerfully participate in uh, the, uh, the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from, from afar. Uh, but any suggestions, anything that you need to know, you let us know and uh, we'll try and get the, the answers for you. Until we meet again, uh, may God bless you and may Mary keep you.